Welcome to day three in our daily drive time devotions. Look at Romans chapter 13. In this chapter, we're continuing our look in this section of Romans that started in chapter 12 and goes to the end of the book that really covers a new way of thinking. How do you think like a servant? How do you think like a servant in your relationship with God? How do you think like a servant in the way you relate to yourself, your own thinking? How do you think like a servant in the way that you relate to the government? And now, today, as we begin verse 7 of Romans chapter 13, how do you think like a servant in the way that you relate to your neighbor? Love your neighbor, as Jesus told us. And that phrase is repeated in these verses. Romans chapter 13, verse 7 and 8 says this, Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. As the Bible talks about other people here and our relationship, our servant relationship to other people, to our neighbor, the people that live around us, it reminds us of two simple things here. Owe them nothing and owe them everything. That's one of the ways that you love your neighbor. Owe them nothing and owe them everything. First, owe them nothing. The Bible says we should be debt-free in our relationships. I know the word owe, the first thing we think of is don't take out a loan from your neighbor. Don't owe them any money. But that's not the main idea that's talked about here. The main idea here is relationships, the debt of love to one another. There should be no forgiveness that you owe to someone else. Is that debt paid up in your life? There should be no apology that you continue to owe to someone else. Is that debt paid up in your life? There should be no gratitude that you continue to owe someone else. It's never been expressed for whatever reason. Forgetfulness, maybe the fact that you're angry with them about something else, maybe just distance, maybe some other issue has arisen that's made you not want to tell them that you're grateful. There should be no debt of gratitude towards someone else. Or how about help? Just practical help. Someone that you know, I should help them. Do not let that remain an outstanding debt. Go ahead and pay it. Do it now. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. There is a debt that I do have. Now, by the way, before I go on to owe them everything, this whole idea of debt here, the question that many have behind this is, does this mean monetarily that I can't have any personal debt of any kind? This is not talking mainly about finances, but about relationships. And tomorrow we're going to take a very close look at what that means, this phrase, because it has a lot to do with understanding how to understand the Bible. You owe them nothing, but you also owe them everything. This continuing debt to love one another, except to love, and love is everything. And so verse 9 says this, the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the thou shalt, which causes all the thou shalt nots of the commandments to become part of our lifestyles. In order to live out the thou shalt nots, you got to have the thou shalt of love. Try to say that five times fast. And so you love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. When Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, that was the immediate question 
that came up the first time he said this. You might remember from studying the Gospels that when Jesus told a crowd of people to love the, their neighbor as themselves, there was a, a teacher of the law in the crowd that day. And that teacher asked what he thought was a very wise question. Well, who is my neighbor? And you might think that Jesus would give a very simple, short answer because it's a pretty silly question if you really think about it. But Jesus took it seriously. He took it very seriously. He told a story, one of the most famous stories in the Bible, the story of a good, the Good Samaritan. He told the story of a man who had been robbed and was beaten and dying beside a road. And two men who walked by, two religious leaders who walked by and for whatever reason didn't see themselves as a neighbor, as someone who needed to help this person. Maybe it was their fear. They thought they might get beat up themselves. Maybe it was their self-importance. They thought they had more important things to do. Maybe they just didn't think about it. But then a Samaritan came by, somebody from the middle section of uh, the nation of Israel at that time, the Samaritans, and saw this man who was in need and put him on his donkey and took him to an inn and paid for his care and bandaged him. And Jesus asked the crowd that day, who was, who was the neighbor? And the answer was obvious. It was the Samaritan. Now, you and I might miss something very important in this story. As Jesus told this story to the Jewish crowd that day, the Samaritan was the least likely to be the hero of the story. And Jesus was talking about a person that most in that crowd had a prejudice against. The Samaritans were the butt of many of their jokes. And yet Jesus chooses the Samaritan to be the hero of this story to help them to see that anyone can love someone else if they only choose to meet a person's need at that very moment of need. Who is my neighbor? They're the person who needs my help right then and right now. And so Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And we even trip up on those last few words, as yourself. What does that mean? Does that mean to love your neighbor selfishly? How does that work? Well, the best verses I know in the Bible that help me to understand this are Philippians chapter 2. In verses 3 and 4, and then going on towards the end of the chapter, the Bible tells us to do nothing with selfish ambition or empty conceit. And then this incredible phrase, consider one another as more important than yourself. Consider another person as more important than yourself. Wow, that's powerful words about how you and I should act. And I don't know about you, I don't feel like I could act that way. I look at myself and I see the selfishness I live with every day and I think, how in the world am I going to love someone like that? Well, Philippians chapter 2 gives us the answer when it says, have this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He took the form of a bondservant. And having been found in appearance as a man, he emptied himself. And therefore also God highly exalted him because he... He was willing to go to a cross. The only reason he did that is because he saw our importance and he made us more important than himself. The only way I can love my neighbor is by drawing on the love of Jesus Christ for me. He's the only one who can give me the power to love someone else that kind of way. You'll love your neighbor. Now, if I'm going to love with that kind of humble love, I have to realize I can't do it motivated by fear. When we're afraid, when I'm afraid, I become selfish. When you're afraid, you become selfish. When you're afraid, you start thinking, if I don't take care of myself, no one else will. A lot of us live with that fear. And when you have that fear, you can't love your neighbor as yourself. You might love your neighbor after you've taken care of yourself. That's very different than loving your neighbor as yourself. 
When you're afraid, you can't love in this kind of way. But when we lose our fear, then we're able to love. That's why 1 John says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We have to experience the perfect love of Jesus Christ in a daily kind of way in order to love our neighbor as ourself. This may sound like a very simple phrase, love your neighbor as yourself, but it takes the love of Jesus Christ revealed and expressed and strengthening my heart and life moment by moment in order to do this. These verses remind us that love is an unpaid debt, but I get the opportunity to pay every day. When we talk about loving your neighbor as you love yourself, when we talk about love doing no harm to its neighbor because love is the fulfillment of the law, fulfilling all that God has told us to do, this is not just about philosophy. This is not just about ideas. God's given us his word in order for us to act on it, to do it. And so I'd like to spend an extended time in prayer today, praying that God would give us the strength and the wisdom and the direction to live out this phrase that we all understand, but that we have a challenge to do every day. Our Father, you've taught us, love your neighbor as yourself. And we see the challenge in that. If we're going to love in that kind of way, Jesus Christ, we need your strength. And it's not a strength that we find once in our lives and then live on that strength the rest of the rest of the days. It's a strength that we need every day, renewed and refreshed, because it's a strength that grows out of our daily relationship with you. As we connect with you and sense your love for us, then we have the strength to love the people that are around us. And so right now, we connect with you, Jesus Christ. You're the vine, we're the branches. That means that we draw our strength from you. We grow because of you. And we thank you for your love. There is nothing, there is nothing that can separate us from your love. And those verses from chapter 8 that we studied a few weeks ago, they, they remind us of the strength that we find in your love. And so I pray that knowing we're loved by you, there is no fear in love, we'd be able to love those who are around us. And we pray right now that you'd help us to see who to love and how to love today. Lord, we can't love someone yesterday. We can't love them tomorrow. We can only love them today because love isn't a practical expression. It's an action. And so today, show us who to love and show us how to love. Father, it may be someone we've never met. Help us to love them today. It may be somebody at our office, somebody that we work with, somebody at our school. God, help us to express love today. It may be someone, God, that we've seen to this point as an enemy. And someone maybe who is acting like an enemy, who is against us in every way. God, help us to love today. It may be someone, maybe someone in my own family. God, help me to love that person today. It may be someone who is sitting with me right now listening to this. Help me to love that person today. Lord, help me to see who to love, but also help me to see how. I admit, I don't always know how to love. God, you can see straight to our hearts. You know exactly what we need every moment, but I, I can't see that. And so sometimes even in trying to love others, I stumble. 
I don't say the right words, or if I try to say the right words, they don't come out like I wanted them to. And then sometimes I feel embarrassed that I didn't love as I wanted to love. Lord, help me today to set that embarrassment aside and to take the risk to love. Because I know that taking the risk to love is so much more healthy and meaningful than taking the risk to not love. Today, help me to love people by praying for them. Help me to love people by serving them. Help me to love people by sharing with them the good news of what you've done in my life. Help me to love people by encouraging them. God, help me to love in some small way like you love. Because of your love for me, strengthen me to love the people that are in my life today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.